Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with spooky gals and kooky pals like Paul and Adrian, your hosts of this show. Let's get big factin'. Let's get no capping. Big facts. No. Cap. Big facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big facts. No. Cap. Big facts. No. Cap. No cap. Just a Sprite Zero for you today? Just a Sprite Zero. I gotta go pick up Izzy from Amtrak in a a couple hours. So I can't get wonky with it like we usually do. Oh, but you could drink responsibly. I really couldn't. I don't. I feel like you don't. I feel like you've been <laughs> friends with me long enough to know this. Come on. Um. No. Yeah. What's up? What's up? Uh. Not much. Hanging, banging, slanging. It's a. Uh, uh. We're in the middle of a, a heaty uh bit of weather. Although, uh, I'm at Pearson the Coles, and they keep a cool seventy-two at all times. So I am uh, chilling. Oh, does that make me irresponsible? I keep mine at 69. My thermostat's always down. Really? Damn, dude. I was talking to Phil about that today where I was like, yeah, Justin used to do that when we lived together. And it's ecologically untenable. It's 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 our wallets. It was hurting our wallets. Uh, I think Phil said, like, I think, I don't know if he got an official letter from his uh, utilities people or whatever, but they were like, if you go past 72, your, your bill's going way up. I'm just going to let you know that or whatever. <laughs> Oh, damn. Maybe I should rethink how cool I keep it all the time. I am also like a uh, on and off guy with the mm. thermostat. I turn it on at night and then turn it off in the morning. If I could afford to keep it that low all the time, I would. Instead, we're uh, we're 78 over here. Uh, utility recommended. 78? Yeah, that's what Tim and I used to do. Yeah. That's not livable. It's a lot of energy, bro. I don't always bring reusable bags, so I got to keep my thermostat up high. Wait, they make bags you can use more than once? What's going on in California, man? I don't always remember to sort my recyclables. So some, you know, I gotta keep my air conditioner up. We do have recycling here. That one's made it to the East Coast. Oh, but you don't have it. Like, you know, remember when uh, Hunter came back from Germany and he was like, you guys just have one recycling bin. You don't have 17 different ones for all the different types of recyclables. I don't know. It's like, it's so weird what he decides to be like a liberal or progressive about like mm-hmm. <laughs> women's rights. No go. But having 15 different little recycling tins. Yeah, I don't know. It was just one of those things where he wanted to be as annoying as possible. I remember the other thing that he did was he made fun of me for having to rinse out my bottles before putting them in the uh, recyclables. Oh, you see, that's so funny because to me that almost sounds more European. That sounds like something they'd ask you to do in Europe, like, mm. please remove all your labels and mm. uh, sort them by color as well. But Ooh, then unsort them and put them in it, however. <laughs> do all that. We'll know if you did it or not. Uh, no, I'm joking. I do try to take my reusable bags. I never do, but, you know, I do have them and I try to. I'm at a uh, I'm at a weird point now where because I don't have a lot of storage in the new house, my car has become my storage for a few number of things, including my big reusable grocery bag. So now I've been uh, it's always there. No cap. I like how in the last episode you bleeped your last name, even though I'm pretty sure we've said it so much. But... We've said your last name multiple times. <laughs> have we really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everybody knows it's Johnson. Yeah. 
Always talking about the Johnson file. Strange thing about the Johnsons, I'll tell you what, based on a real story. <laughs> Shut up, man. No, it's not. <laughs> that didn't happen to me. <laughs> My little boy would never do that to me. Oh, okay. So you're not fucking your dad. You're future kid. <laughs> Someone went, came back from the future to tell that story. <laughs> also, I would beat that. Anyway, whatever. Shut up, man. <laughs> Shout out Ari Aster. I think if anyone's willing to comb through all of our episodes, they could probably get most of our information. <laughs> I think it's all out there. Uh, what Did you ever give us a Bo is Afraid review? I can't remember if you talked about it on pod. I, I didn't watch it, so I couldn't. Oh, I thought you did. I thought you were like excited to see it. I was really excited to see it, but it just never worked out. I never had time to go watch it. Oh, damn. What about you? Do you like it? Uh, no, it was a movie I didn't want to see in theaters. Mm. I could tell by the reviews that it felt like it was, was going to be a tough one to sit through. So I decided I would yeah. wait for it to come out and watch at home. You didn't want to do it first? That way you could be like the first person to review it to say Bo is afraid of making a good movie? <laughs> That would be my opening to my review. <laughs> Tie this one up in a bow and give it away to a friend because this one's a re-gift. Come on now. That one was wordy. That was too many words. I'd get my editor to work on that with me. I heard enough of people be like, yeah, it just wasn't really for me. It felt like it kind of, it was like he made two good movies and, they, and A24 was like, you what? Make one for yourself. Do whatever you need to do. <laughs> yeah, you know when you read a review and you can tell that there's something they secretly want to say, but they're... They don't want to be, like, against the zeitgeist. I could tell mm-hmm. a lot of the Bo is Afraid reviews were from people who wanted to say they thought it sucked. Yeah, I think everyday people weren't afraid to say that, though. I got a lot of common people being like, yeah, I just didn't like that movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think critics are, especially nowadays, nobody wants to take, like, a big stand like that because, mm-hmm. I don't know, makes you look like an ass, I guess. Yeah. I felt the same way about the Barbie movie. I was like reading all these reviews for it, and I was like, man, I could really read between the lines that these people hated this movie, but nobody wants to say it. Mm. It was a lot of like, yeah, it's like, it's fun. It's like, what, can you really complain about a Barbie movie? Three stars, come on. Yeah, that's kind of my review. Apparently, uh, and I saw the movie in Portland, Oregon, so don't don't talk to me about the woke virus, but... Apparently, when Pierce and Nicole went to go see it in Davis, like the audience literally like booed Ken when he said misogynistic things because they didn't get I guess they didn't get it or they thought they were doing the right thing. But I didn't get it. But the other way I was whooping. I was like, come on, Ken. Come on. speak on it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> My dog. Come on now. <laughs> come on. He's one of the fellas, one of the boys. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That makes me laugh to think about people booing it like a, <laughs> like a kid watching a superhero movie. Uh, anything anything new to talk about in the uh, media roundup? Um, no, not really. I have a list of a bunch of things that are all pretty quick. Let's see. Oh, the new season of How To is pretty fun. I'm excited to see how he finishes it because I feel like that's where How To really like shines as its finale. So I know it's the final finale. So hopefully he ties it up really strong. But so far, it's like, you know, as good as it's been. Um, No Name's new album, pretty fun, pretty good. I don't know if she was, like, coming for everybody like she said she did, but... I thought know. it was so good. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's it's a continuation of the quality work she's put out before. Sundial, great album. Yeah, I don't know. Room 25 I didn't love as much, and Telephone's still one of my, like, favorite albums ever, but it, it's this one's pretty banging, and the production's really cool, so... No Saba on it, though, right? But Billy Woods and uh, Silk I Money. I think somebody mentioned that Saba does have a production credit on it. Mm. Um, have you been using the new Spotify DJ thing? No. 
So mine's a DJ Xavier, DJ X for short, uh, Javier, I suppose. Uh, he, he, he seems to think that all I want to listen to is metal, which is not wrong all the time, but uh, it will break up things by being like, hey, it's uh, the 50th anniversary of hip hop. So I'm going to play some strong female artists that rep the game in the early 90s. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool little feature comes on. Like, literally the third bar is uh, whoever this person is, like, using the homophobic F slur. <laughs> I was like, ah, he probably could have, like, tailored this algorithm a little bit better. <laughs> um, And then, yeah, as you mentioned before, as you can see on my TV right now, I'm watching through the boondocks for the first time in a long time. I always thought it was one of those shows where the first season was bad, but I watched it from the beginning, and the first season's a banger. I think I might have just been too young when I watched it the first time. I was, like, early high school. Yeah, you're um, stupid, man. That, that show's so. so good. Is, is the first season of Parks and Rec actually good, or was I just a dumb kid back then, too? No, no, it's horrible. Okay. Um, yeah, intro's goaded in that show, and uh, yeah, just a really funny... Uh, goaded on the sticks with the sauce? Absolutely. That's how that's how I would put it. So I'm pretty deep into season two right now. I forget, I think people say season four is the one that sucks, and I don't have much recollection of watching that, so maybe I'll come back with a review of that. But uh, Yeah, I do yeah. remember one of the later seasons isn't good. I think season four is the last one, right? It's the last one, and I think that's the one where they didn't have Aaron Magruder show running it, or there was one that never got produced that was supposed to be without him, but I don't know. There was that new, they were supposed to make like an HBO one in like 2021 or something, and it never came out. Yeah, I remember hearing the news about that, too. I feel like I heard about that about so many different things. The only one that I actively keep up with is the Avatar ones, but uh, mm. there, I've, there's so many of those spurious things where you hear like, hey, we're getting Hey Arnold back, and it's like, I don't know who was asking for that, but cool. I, I mean, I'd take that for a spin. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, all right, cool. Do you want to get into the theme? Yeah, let's do it. All right. You have a good Marilyn Manson, not Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Monroe impression? For uh, singing happy birthday. Very sultry-like. Happy birthday, Mr. President. How did my voice crack on a whisper? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a thing that happens? I didn't know about that until it happened to me. Well, we're not talking about Mr. President. We're talking about one Mr. Timothy, don't know his middle name, Burton. Oh, yeah, his birthday. I was like, why is Adrian asking me to do this? I was just, you know... I'm, I'm very susceptible to ideas. I, I didn't want to lay you down. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. In honor of Tim Burton's birthday, which is today, the release of the episode. So this is future Adrian, past Adrian, talking to future Adrian. Uh, we're gonna do an episode about gothic fantasy horror. Also, should we make it clear to the audience that we don't just know when Tim Burton's birthday is? We are looking up things for the theme and saw that his birthday was on the twenty seventh. It's a trick it's a trick that we do not very often and I don't think it's been very successful. I guess this is the first time it's really worked because I can't remember the last time that we were like, "Oh, it's talk like a pirate day. Let's do a pirate episode or something <laughs> like that." Whatever bullshit day it is. Um, yeah, so we'll oftentimes look for that and then I ended up just scrolling down and seeing that it was Tim Burton's birthday and we we're like, well, "That's a that's a real stylistic choice. That that could be something." That could be something. Yeah, and now it is something or it and will be it shortly. I guess my first question for you is like I guess I, I feel like a middling Tim Burton fan. Like, I don't hate him. Mm. He doesn't annoy me. I know some people are like, ugh, Tim Burton. Are there Tim Burton haters? I think there are. I think some people think he's really overrated and it's all style mm. over substance. That is one of the things that I've picked up from the boondocks in my latest uh, uh, watch through is how often all criticism is combated with, you just hating. 
And I kind of want to bring that into academia. I would love to be able to respond to somebody like that. If they were like, Adrian, why did you decide to do this in the experiment? I was like, stop being a hater. You know, I don't think that that's a statistically significant result. Stop hating. Just stop hating. You be a hater right now. Hate don't look good on you. <laughs> I mean, it's always Riley saying that, right? Like, No, the adults it, it, do it too. It's so funny. <laughs> that one reverend character or whatever, he's like, you hating. No cap. Okay, yeah, so Tim Burton haters, Tim Burton lovers. I think we're both very middling Tim Burtoners. We don't have hot takes. Uh, I think his style's cool, I guess. it's. I wouldn't get a tattoo of it on my body as an adult, but... Other than Wes Anderson, who else is that, like, immediately recognizable? Like, he's created a style that is very uniquely his own, and that's the thing I appreciate about him the most, but... Mm. What's the name of the Wallace and Gromit guy? Oh, that's true. Claymation is very unique. Yeah. The guy who made Powerpuff Girls in Foster's Home. Craig McCracken? Okay, well, there, there's more, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. It's cool when to think somebody of is that much color, of an auteur, of it. such a driving yeah. force artistically. Is he a actual like claymator, animator, drawer, or is he just pay people to do things like that in that style? Well, it's not just that. It's also like the sort of like dark fantasy mm. with a whimsical twist style mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like not just edgy dark fantasy there's like that kind of whimsical temper and darkness yeah i mean i think he's done a couple of adult features right i think i mostly know him from his kid stuff because i was a kid more when he was more popular so you're you're not familiar with edward scissorhands or sweeney todd I think I tried watching Sweeney Todd in high school. I only know of Edward Scissorhands from his impact on the zeitgeist. I think this is a uh, controversial take from people who like musicals, but I really like the Sweeney Todd movie. I guess if you really like the musical, then the movie is not good. Mm. But that's my one and only exposure to it, and I think it rocks as a movie. Yeah. Uh, I like Edward Scissorhands, too. I've never seen Beetlejuice, his breakout. Mm -hmm. Or was Edward Scissorhands before it? I don't know. One of those two was his breakout, right? I don't remember. Yeah, I think so. You said you've seen James and G- James and the Giant Peach. I haven't seen that one. Oh, yeah. James and the Giant Peach. I watched it as a kid. It was creepy as a kid, but it was like a approachable level of creepiness. Mm. But I thought you and your dad were already watching like Faces of Death by the time you were five or whatever. Yeah, but I think there's something about the particular nature of it that like you can see like you know a big burly man use a machete to cut somebody in half but there's something different about the like uncomfortableness you feel because someone has legs that are like a centimeter thin (laughs) that just go down their body you know like there's something more about like that that this is like more visceral Mm. so what you're saying is your disgust for disabled people is a more visceral james isn't disabled I don't know. I haven't boy. seen the movie. You said he had centimeter legs. They're just very thin. They like that's the style, right? It's like they do like little uh, like <laughs> it's like animated. I didn't even know that. Okay, so that's one of his yeah. animated films. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, wait, did you not read that story when you were a kid? Nah. You know, I think I've always kind of been this kind of person, but I was a big completionist as a fan for stuff all throughout my life. So when I decided that I liked Roald Dahl, I read I think literally his entire bibliography. Mm. I think I might have missed like a collection of short stories here or there, but yeah, I basically read all of it. <laughs> you were like, that peach is giant. Okay. And I was like, let me, let me read about these witches and let me read about this big friendly giant and let me read about the person who kills somebody and With then serves the meat 
to, to the, the police cops. when they're investigating her. Yeah. I read that one for a class in high school for some reason. Oh, really? I just had it in a random collection of stories. They ate the murder weapon, those sons of bitches. She got them. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Willy Wonka. I forgot about that. Of course, that one. You're like, damn, this this candy factory is ridiculous. Oh, which I guess I guess he was also doing a lot of Roald Dahl stuff, too, because he also did Willy Wonka, the one with Johnny Depp, which yeah. people do not like as much and did not leave as much of an impression as the Gene Wilder one. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, how could you? Like, that's... That's one of those, like, Americana, like, every dad loves that sort of films. Like, you're not, mm. I don't know, in American culture, you're not really gonna make a dent in that. That'd be like convincing people that a Christmas story is bad, even though it objectively is. But how do you feel about it coming back now with Timothy Chalamet? Oh, they're doing another one? They're, they're taking another crack at it, yeah. With TC? Yeah, with TC. You're the man, TC! That's me at the next <laughs> Timothy Chalamet <laughs> movie premiere. Mm-hmm. You don't think he's going to take the world by storm and be the definitive Wonka? I think so. No. I, I don't know. Boomer culture is just so freaking ingrained, man. Mm. You think they're pushing against it? You think people will accept the new Wonka? Cute little twink like TC. Is he playing the kid or Willy Wonka? He's playing Willy Wonka. Oh, okay. He's, I, think it's, I think they're doing the origin story thing. So, like, you know, there's probably going to be a scene at the end where he goes from being called William to being called Willy and then changes his last name or whatever the tim burton one had an origin scene it was like something about his dad being a dentist they added that in oh i thought you're gonna talk the origin the uh story about how we got the oompa loompas <laughs> no well, I, I, they did add that one in but they also added in an origin story of like my dad was a dentist and never let never me have let candy. have sweets yeah yeah and then you're right they did do like a thing of him in the amazon which wasn't in the original movie either i didn't think made it any better <laughs> That kind of made the whole like colonialism <laughs> aspect more, more explicit. Apparent. <laughs> yeah. Also, isn't there a whole online community? This feels like that thing of like people who hate Comic Sans and make that a big part of their personality. But isn't there a whole community around people who don't like Uncle Joe because he's like immobile until Charlie gets the golden ticket and then suddenly he's dancing around and doing shit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the same type of people who really like to point out that uh, Beauty and the Beast is like kind of a Stockholm Syndrome thing. Like, mm. Just so you know, Joe, Uncle Joe could have walked any time during that story. It was all psychological, which, as we all know, psychological disabilities aren't real disabilities. Mm-hmm. Fuck that old guy. <laughs> also, don't get me started on whether they could have both been on that door in Titanic. Come on, Rose. Oh, man. I haven't even watched that movie, and I've still been exposed to so many... Yeah, that's that's a real thing. If they could have just ridden the eagles to Mordor, come on now. <laughs> I think that's it. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I'm sure there are way more, but yeah. Those are the ones that always come to mind. Beauty and the yeah. Beast, Stockholm. Do uh, we have anything to say about Tim Burton? <laughs> I did like Coraline. I think we both talked about how we liked that. How about you pointed out that he has many he has many edgy eyeshadow wives? Yeah, I didn't know that he'd married Helena Botham Carter, and it took me a while after our conversation to realize you were joking about the fact that she was an all pink pretty girl before he met her, and then he turned her into a gothic, uh, a big booty gothic girl. <laughs> what was it? What is the thing that people always say online? Big, big titty, titty goth G- girlfriend. <laughs> uh, and you said he had two other wives who were also. He had a former ex-wife who also, I didn't actually look at the former ex-wife, but the new model that he's dating also has the same like pale skin, black hair uh, vibe to her. And it's weird that he's really trying to bring that into his real life or 
I, I don't know if I, if it were me, I wouldn't make it so apparent that my children's movies are aesthetically aligned with what sexually arouses me. But Demer, I ain't you, got you, no type. Goth bitches is, is the, the only, only thing, thing that, that I like. like. That is a type. I. Oh my god! If anybody wants to see the most annoying interview of all time, watch uh, the Breakfast Club. Like two or three months after that song blew up, and Charlemagne the God arguing with uh, Sway Lee and Slim Jimmy about bad bitches are a type. I don't and know. Actually, like, no, no, we could, don't have could... a type. We don't have a type. What I'm saying is, I don't have a type. I'd like any girl who's a bad bitch. He's like, well, the bad bitch is a type. He's like, that's tautological. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I could actually very easily see how they would win that argument. I think it makes sense that, yeah, bad bitch is just like, if I like a girl, she's a bad bitch. Like, that's... Yeah, well, Charlemagne the God is a fucking dumbass and a shitty person in every way Donkey of the day. Donkey of the day, Charlemagne the God. Every day. Every day, donkey of the day. Um, Yeah, I'm very much on their side in that argument. I think, like, if you're not trying to be hard-headed about it, you can immediately see what they're trying to say. Yeah. Fuck Charlemagne the God. Yeah, back to Tim Burton. We got, we got, no, 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 no. We brought down (laughs) Jonah Hill. I'm just putting it on pod. We coming for Charlemagne next. Watch out. Okay, okay. Do, 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 do. There's already, it's already well known that he's an abuser and a rapist. It it hasn't ended his career, so I don't know what we can do. I don't know what else we can do. Yeah. Yeah, not worth bringing in. Okay, Timmy, Timmy Burtz. Timmy Burtz. Timmy Burtz. Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Birdie. He be flirting with a birdie. Nightmare Before Christmas. Hmm. Jack Skellington. Jack Skellington. Pinstripe suits. Hot topic. Ooh. All of these are things in the Tim Burton verse. All things that are fair game to bring in for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Burton, what does he stand for? What does he believe in? I don't know. I could see him being really conservative, couldn't you? Do you think so? Well, not conservative. Oh, I did actually see while Googling Helena Bo- Bo- You pronounced it Botham. I always called her Bonham. Carter. I don't... I It's, it's kind of like a June Dion uh, Rayfield thing where like I, uh, she has too many names. I can't remember how all of them are <laughs> pronounced. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I saw that she came out in uh, in big support of J.K. Rowling. So oh, I could see him being on that tip, too. Damn. Because she is the descendant of witches that we couldn't burn. Mm. She actually did do that. She did. And she did, did the she It's really? a Witch uh, Trial. She did It's a Witch Trial of J.K. Rowling. Ah, that's cool. But yeah, I could see him being like a bit turfy or a little bit like. Uh, well, I mean, they broke up now, so he could have he could have been like, I can be cool now. I could see him having the same exact opinions as Russell Brand. Mm. Sort of conservative. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. But also, maybe he's progressive. I don't know. I'm not trying to slander this man. I have no idea what he's about. Yeah, I think we're supposed to be celebrating him. It's his birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday. I forgot to look up how old you are, um, but I'm sure you're a a ripe nubile age. (laughs) Nubile is such a disgusting word. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be like one of those girls who's like, don't say moist, but nubile is just it. It's nasty, man. <laughs> Come on, it feels good on your lips, nubile. Um, all right, do you want to get into articles, or is there any last thing you want to say about Timmy B? Yeah, let's do it. I don't think we're going to bring up any of his work or anything else for the rest of it. We're just going with the general vibe. Yeah. Um, well, I actually, think- he does come back for the third segment. 
Oh, yeah. I do want to say, and I don't want to... And we need to make sure he doesn't try to pimp out any of his movies in our third segment so that we're not in violation of the writer's strike. Oh, yeah. Does he have anything down the pipeline? Oh, I also totally forgot about Alice in Wonderland. I do not know why. Again, like, it was everywhere when we were kids. I was never captivated by that story. I never watched the movie all the way through. Mm. I never watched the one that he did all the way through. I should have been more into that movie, man. It was trippy, and I was trippy as a kid, bro. I love (laughs) drugs, bro. Come on. Come on now. Come on. What's the difference between a raven and a nightstand and a desk? I forgot what that one is. You remember a lot more about it than I do for somebody who's seen the movie. (laughs) I think we might have done a song from it for chorus once. That was also a weird way that I found out about certain types of media. We did a song from the Prince of Egypt once. I learned Swahili. Ooh. Wait, that doesn't seem right. Why did I learn Swahili for that? What language would they have been speaking? Egyptian. In <laughs> oh, like uh, I'm, I'm Coptic. So I don't know. All right. Anyways, uh, I, I think their language might have been called ancient Egyptian, to be honest with you. Well, that's lazy. How did they know it was going to be ancient? <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> it should have been called current Egyptian. Contemporary <laughs> <that>. Egyptian. <laughs> yeah. Man, me and my homies love speaking contemporary Egyptian. <laughs> Never going out of style Egyptian. <laughs> All right, you want to get into columns? Yeah, do you want to go first or second? I don't mind whatever you're feeling today. Uh, I'll let you go first. Coolio. Yours has a corpse vibe, and or a corpse's bride energy. Yeah, yeah. So. Also, another movie I've watched but didn't leave an impression on me. Maybe I just, I guess I'm not a hater, but I just don't really, uh, I've seen these things. I don't have much to say about them. Wait, if you're not a hater, then why are you always motivating me? That's true. Is it a square's a rectangle, but not every rectangle's a square? Like, you can be my motivator without being my hater? Probably. Okay. Okay, so we're doing a USA Today advice column. That is paywalled, so don't try to find it, guys. And I guess we won't be able to do the answer, because it is just the question posted on their Facebook. The answer is paywalled for us. Damn, is there not really a way for us to get around that? We could read the Facebook comments as the answer. Okay. Question. I'm 26, and I'm getting married to my fiancé next October. We have started planning the wedding, booked the venue, and are now planning the attire and finalizing our save dates. My 62-year-old mother is an old-school Catholic. Both of my parents are from Peru. Since our wedding is in October, we have decided we are going to be having a Halloween-themed wedding. That being said, I never wanted to wear white to get married, and I've told my parents I will be wearing black— and so will my fiancé, while the guests will be in dark-colored attire to fit the Halloween theme. I have already received backlash from my extended family about wearing black for my wedding, and it is because of my mother's big mouth. My 66-year-old father is okay with whatever makes me happy, even though he prefers that I wear something with at least some white, but he respects my choice. On the other hand, my mom has now vocalized her opinion one too many times when I try to talk about the wedding, and I feel I can't speak to her. She was recently talking about how she's going to invite her friends to my sister's wedding in August instead of mine because my sister is wearing white. I feel that my mom doesn't care for my feeling or for my special day. I would love to include her in everything having to do with the wedding, but at this point I feel that my mental health will be impacted if I hear more negative things about the dream goth Halloween wedding that my fiancé and I both want. It doesn't help that I'm bipolar and generally struggle to make choices that make me happy because I care about what everyone else thinks. The situation with my mom has now gotten to the point where she has now threatened to not attend my wedding 
because I won't wear white. I told her if that's her choice, I don't want her there. Am I wrong for wanting to wear black for my wedding, even if it means my mom won't attend? I don't like how she said that she was bipolar, so we can't, we're going to be ableist if we tell her to stop caring about what other people think so much. <laughs> that's my I silver bullet for these types of questions. But... <laughs> that's, that's, my, so that's the silver bullet to how I answer these questions, which is always, why do you care so much about what your mom thinks? Um, also, the part where she says she's bipolar, so she struggles with caring too much about what everyone thinks. She played a Halloween-themed wedding where she's not wearing white. I think she's doing a great job not giving a shit what the world thinks. That's such a brave <laughs> move. Damn, okay. I'm not saying she should change it. I'm glad she's so willing yeah. to be herself, but I would be terrified to do that. Like, even if yeah. I really loved the idea of it, I would never do something so bold. Like, she's very clearly, if anything, incredibly good at being herself and not caring what people think. That's a good point. So I don't agree with her self-criticism that she cares too much what people think. Peruvian parents, is there a um a cultural, is it cross-cultural, universal, or is it culturally specific, whether or not it's usually the husband or the wife, the mom or the dad that's the more lenient one when it comes to these kind of things? Oh, I'm not sure. Why is that? What, what cultures do you think it would usually be the dad who's more upset? I don't know, because I'm thinking of like Bend It Like Beckham, so it's an Indian family, and that was the one where like the dad's the one who's like, here's your soccer shoes, whatever, go play, don't care about what your mom thinks or whatever. <laughs> like, and I feel oh, like- so you're saying it's always the dad who's chill. I guess that's kind of like a Western thing where it's like, mom's uptight, but dad just lets us eat candy That's why midnight. I'm trying to think if it's ever the opposite, because I feel like it should be more patriarchal. Otherwise, we're just making women into villains in all these stories, but- That sounds patriarchal to me, to always make women into the villains. Ooh, maybe you're right. Yeah, because yeah, I think uh, for a friend I can think of uh, on the top of my head, they also have like, uh, my parents are uber religious, and they've both become more religious since they've gotten older. But like, it's my mom who actually cares about things that I do. Like, my dad's like, yeah, I don't, whatever. <laughs> it's my mom who's a raging cunt. <laughs> um anyways that was one of the things that piqued my interest while we were reading the question but do you want to try and answer the question for this person yeah i think you're right like i don't know it sounds like you really know what you want it sounds like your mom is kind of being mean like it sucks because you only get one wedding I, well i mean you get as I'll many get as like you want i get um <laughs> uh, yeah i mean you got to do what makes you happy it sucks because you don't want a, a fight that's impermanent to affect a memory that's permanent and you know if your mom mm. patched things up in a couple months you don't want her to not be there in in your wedding photos and memories just because that's something that could have been avoided if you guys had figured out a way to communicate about it so mm. i would say continue trying to salvage it in whatever ways aren't too stressful and shitty for you but you Wear gotta a white do what upside down cross on the back of your black dress <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do you know it sounds like you know what sort of wedding you want you can't let her control you on this i think that you already bought into having a wedding in the first place so you're already a sucker might as well lean into it and do all the other bullshit you have to do for a wedding oh you're telling her to change what her and her fiance want and to not do yeah. a halloween themed wedding no. wear white that's not what god wants <laughs> I feel like you're not saying it with enough sarcasm that people might think you're being serious. <laughs> Which, like, if one of us on this pod was gonna have to have that opinion, it would be me, not you, who wants somebody to just do the regular shit. Yeah, I mean, obviously my actual answer to this is that 
yeah, I've said it before. I can't imagine my parents ever caring about something like this. I feel like I just wouldn't care. Yeah, your dad would show up as Jason from the Jason movies, and you, a single (laughs) tear would fall down your eye. You'd be like, "That's what we bonded over, man." Yeah, I'd be like, (laughs) "Why is Jason sitting in the reserve spot for my dad?" And then he'd pull the mask up just a little bit so I could see it's him. (laughs) Um, I think. It sucks that she's using her sister's wedding as like a first of all part of like the sabotage is she's like I'm gonna invite my friends to my si- to your sister's wedding but not yours and it's like good keep your fucking friends away from my <laughs> wedding it's my wedding I, that actually gets so true why do you want your mom's friends at your wedding this seems like a win win she's like you know that Kathy goes off at a wedding <laughs> you know she's gonna be going hard actually parents friends do have money sometimes and this person mm. has Peruvian parents which I assume oh, means yeah. that they're like a white Peruvian which I think means that these are all wealthy people we're talking about here that is true I forgot about that I mean I feel like for me and my uncles and aunts and stuff like that I'm not losing out on money by not having them <laughs> come to my wedding but that is like that's some real ching right there if yeah, they yeah, get on yeah. your registry if they give you like a I think you're right about that. You might have to be more strategic and diplomatic about that. Because for me, like, the only thing I miss out on if my uncle doesn't come to my wedding, and I think I have told you this before, is that every time before he, if he saw me before our family was about to go on vacation, he'd give me, like, a handshake on the way out, and he'd slip, like, a like a $20 bill in that handshake to me. <laughs> that I'd be missing out on that during my wedding. <laughs> I guess you have to take that into account. Photoshop exists if they reconcile this. Just leave, like, a your mom-shaped gap in every photo until she comes around. (laughs) Do you think this is one of those things where you could make, like... Do you think the mom in any world would accept, like, a a tokenized version of this? Like, could you do, like, a white handkerchief or a white, white shoes? Or, like... So, okay, thinking about this in terms of tradition, and I know that we're already fraught territory because of that. But the white signals that you're a virgin on your wedding day, is that what? Is that why it's the tradition? Yes, but I don't know if... The, do you think that's what's upsetting the mom? Because she's like, my friends are going to think you're a slut if you're, you're not, not in white. They're going to think you got raw-dogged like a hundred times before this happened. So <laughs> Can you raw imagine being at a wedding and seeing somebody not in white and you're just up there thinking, what a slut. Like, what is wrong with conservative <laughs> people? Like, that's what's <laughs> running through their mind, fucking animals. Is that what's wrong with the mom? Is that she's like, I don't want people to think my daughter's a hussy. I don't know. It doesn't make it clear. I think that could be part of it. And it could also just be that she wants her daughter to be traditional. Yeah, that's just such a weird desire. If, like, if it, it doesn't serve a practical purpose and it has some kind of messaging that you're mad about or whatever, I guess, why don't you let her wear white and do that thing where she upstages you? <laughs> I know that's a thing for weddings is that you're not supposed to wear white to them because only the bride can wear white. And it's like, good, that's not my color. And it's after Labor Day. It's a Halloween theme. And... I think you're also not supposed to wear the wedding color, so you're not supposed to wear what the bridesmaids or the groomsmen are wearing. Which then what's you, left? Usually a lot of colors, to be honest <laughs> with you, Adrian. I only have so many suits. You have zero. I do have zero suits. <laughs> Just tell your mom you're wearing white. What is she going to do the day of? you should have glasses out for everybody to wear because it's going to be a sunny day in hawaii and you paint on a low weather that that, that make everything look uh, the opposite color on the spectrum find that black and blue dress that some people thought looked white and gold dude that's such a good idea (laughs) just hope 
Pope that she's a. There's what a was the other one that came shot. out around the same time? There was like Lyra, Laurel, or Yanni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pope that she's a Laurel and not a Yanni. <laughs> That's a great idea. I know. That's Case why I closed. said it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we read some of these? Uh, since we can't actually access the article and the professional's advice. What were we saying? What, oh, yeah, we can't read the professional advice, which I'm sure is super interesting and innovative. So we'll read the uh, comments on Facebook. To USA Today to have the like strongest uh, security against people pirating their material. Susan Shapiro comments, do it your way, but stop telling people in advance. Wait, <laughs> that seems like horrible advice. That's actually not. I mean, that, that would have avoided the entire situation, right? I wore black to my wedding, written up at the New York Times. Oh, she's stunting on us. Ooh. My mother said, if you're not wearing white, I am. And she did. Tell your mom Sarah Jessica Parker also wore black to her wedding. It's a trend. Hmm. I don't know why this person thinks something being a trend is makes it more right. I think that means it's being normalized. Hashtag normalize it. Serena Rothenberg Kahin Kashi says, go dress shopping with your mom and keep an open mind. Dumb. Try on some white dresses. See how they make you feel. Your wedding is not about a theme and certainly not Halloween, the least romantic of holidays. And quite frankly, no one ever looks their best in a Halloween costume. Wait, really? These are these are the points being made by people? <laughs> Perhaps you might consider a compromise. White for the ceremony and short, sexy, shining on black for the party. Pick your battles. I mean, Corey Yee hit it on the head. Parents need to let their children's weddings be about their children and not the parents. When it's your wedding, you get to wear what you want and celebrate how you want. It's your day and no one else's. Carlet Valibos said... If you were my daughter and you decided to wear black, I don't agree with it, but I wouldn't miss your wedding. I'll be there, but you did say it's in October and you're having a Halloween themed, so that's cool. Have fun. Many blessings. <laughs> Is this one of those things where you have different algorithms for what comes up on Facebook as most relevant, or... Yeah, I'm just going downwards. Oh, no, wait. I did see that the first person is the person who said written up in the New York Times. You know what? Maybe you're right, actually. If if it's if that's novel enough to be written up in the New York Times, maybe this is more of a thing than I realized it was. I didn't realize this was so iconoclastic. Paula McCarthy said, tell her you'll wear white at your funeral. You're an adult. Your wedding, cool. and I'm sure you'll look beautiful either way. I didn't realize that for the normal person, wearing black to your wedding is akin to scratching the face of God. <laughs> oh, here's somebody with some history on the subject. Cody Soul gave us a little bit of context. The bride wearing like white. Boys and girls had flipped colors until like the 1940s, and actually brides all wore black until the 1800s. The bride wearing white was actually only a relatively recent trend brought on by Queen Victoria's wedding. Basically, a need to feel rich and classy like royalty. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, all right, let's get to my article, Paul. My article is a little thing called... Karen feeding. So, here's my foray into the gothic and um, fantasy and macabre. Dear Karen feeding, I have a two-year-old mini-goth. She loves everything black, skulls, and spooky. She even insists we call her Spook, a nickname she came up with completely on her own. Grandma is a bit out of her depth as a very traditional older lady, but is trying her best not to push pink and frills on little spook. 
To that end, she handmade toys and loveys in Spook's favorite colors, black with a bit of purple for accent. Unfortunately, one of the toys she made was a classic style sock monkey made out of the black and purple socks, which, bless grandma's heart, looks a lot like an old racist caricature until you spot the tail and feet. It was definitely not on purpose, but to make matters worse, Little Spook calls it Black Monkey to go along with Black Horse and Black Blankie. Not great from a white kid especially. So how do I handle this? Do I try to get her to call it Sock Monkey and ban it from leaving the house? Just hope nobody notices or thinks I'm letting my toddler run around with a horrifying piece of slave-era racist propaganda? Do I quietly lose it and hope neither Grandma nor Spook ask about it again? I'm not sure how to tell Grandma that her hard work and love ended up looking questionable, but shouldn't she know? I just don't know what to do here. Spooks. Mortified. Mama. Oh, this reminds me of a story my sister uh, was telling me uh, while we were at the beach. Mm-hmm. So she's a doctor. She's a pediatrician. So she has to tell parents their child is overweight without like uh, seeming rude. So she needed to find a way to do it for the black kids because for the white kids, she always tells the parents in a way to make it cutesy and fun. She'll be like, oh, your your kid's like a chunky monkey. And that makes it fun for Ooh. like... That's her polite way of doing it. So she needs to find, she was like, yeah, I need to find a way, an equally cute way to do that for the black kids so that I don't just have to outright tell the parents your child's overweight and you need to do something about it. Yeah. But I can't call them a chunky monkey, so. Did you figure it out? I think we brainstormed a couple things, but Adrian, if you want to contribute. Um, they're not fat, they're fluffy. <laughs> Doctors should use that rating, that scale. <laughs> what is it? It's like, <laughs> I can't remember any of the other ones. You're fluffy. I, I think she big. should do that thing that I love that where she talks to the people in the way that they are familiar with. And so black people are familiar with roasting. And one of my favorite ways that black people roast each other is by telling each other what they're built like. She should just figure out a whole bunch of ways to be like, you're built like a something. <laughs> And just, and just tell them that way, and they're gonna be like, "Okay, got it, doctor. I gotta lose some weight." Oh, okay, okay. Do you think? I mean, black people famously, black people have given us yo mama jokes, but that yeah. could just so quickly be edited to be a yo baby joke. Ooh, your baby so fat. <laughs> yeah, your baby so fat. She go to the movie theater. She sit next to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yo baby so fat. When she turn around, it's her birthday. <laughs> You're saying we sh- she should do that? Yeah, I should pitch that to her. Just start doing the dozens, yeah. All right. That's a smart idea. How do you feel about this uh, sock monkey debacle? Okay, yeah, yeah. So From she's worried. CIA spook. I don't know. Like, how long is this really going to last? Who's going to notice? Who cares? Oh, you think this is just a phase? Yeah. Wait, no, you think she's going to be doing this into adulthood? What? Being a goth? Yeah. Well, calling herself Spook and having a stuffed monkey that she calls Black Monkey. Well, he's hanging out with Black Horse and Black Blanky. And Black Betty. Bam-ba-lam. I like the fact that she's ready to cancel her kid for being racist. I don't know. I feel like this is one of those things where it's definitely the parents' fault for allowing this situation. Like, uh, not a good look <laughs> for a little white kid. <laughs> I'm one of the good ones. I'm just saying this kid, who knows? It could be 50-50. <laughs> could you imagine if a parent accused their kid of being racist? That'd be so funny. 
Oh my god. Um. Yeah, I mean she's only two. So you're just saying ignore it. Yeah, of course. What about the grandma? The grandma's cognizant. Oh, I, what, did you send me this column? I, I should have read along. I think I missed that. She was one of three characters besides Sock Monkey in there. <laughs> that was really cool. I'm not going to lie to you. I read the other one. I thought you were doing something weird about Johnny Depp and Lily, like because the other column had somebody named Johnny and Lily. And I know that was Johnny uh, Depp's uh, daughter's name was Lily. So I don't know. I thought you were doing something with that. <laughs> no, no, I was not. I was kind of waiting to see how you were going to justify it, so I hadn't pre-read this one. But I, j- I just read it out loud to everybody in the room. You know, I was thinking about cool shit, like monster trucks. I mean, what what is she supposed to tell the grandma? Well, the grandma's going to be sad if she takes away the toy that she made and puts so much work into. Yeah, so don't. And let her take it out into public? I don't think anybody's calling out a little girl for a sock puppet. But her calling it Black Monkey and making it do a little dance for her entertainment <laughs> and making it do a stand-up set where it's like, the big piece of chicken. I, could you just not, like, does she have to take it into public? Could this not just be something that you only pull out when grandma comes over? I mean, that's one of the things she suggested as an answer, but, I mean, I don't know. I think that's what, what she, she wants did. to take it out. Kids are very uh, adamant about having things. Two-year-olds like you can trick, man. They really have no control over their lives. You kind of have final say on this type of thing. Mm, do you think you can make something up about how Black Monkey has agoraphobia? You really don't have to make anything up. You can put it away, and she probably won't remember it. If she does, you just say, oh, it's sleeping. I mean, that works on my niece about anything that she wants that we don't want to give her. Uncle Mouse is sleeping? <laughs> yeah, like literally. Or uh, objects. You could just tell her objects are sleeping. Like, she understands that as a concept. And she'll be like, oh, I want to go to the beach. And you can be like, oh, no, actually, the beach is sleeping. And she'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. We should respect it. It's time alone. <laughs> Okay, like so just trick your dumb child and don't bring it up to your grandma or to your mom. That would be my advice. My other mm. piece of advice would be to cancel the grandma, because you can do that. You can Old people are cancelable. I would say- You can't cancel downwards. A, you can't cancel a child, but mm. you can cancel upwards. Get her a doll of the Pokemon Jinx. That way, by comparison, it looks better. <laughs> now that's funny, man. Okay, How is I'm Pokemon to make that observation? No, <laughs> I've heard that before, and also anybody with eyeballs has noticed. <laughs> <laughs> eyeballs and a sense of history. Oh, shout out to the uh, to the Matt and Shane Gillis podcast for <laughs> I don't know why I was watching a clip today. They were pointing out that one of them was like, "Did you hear Sarah Silverman was complaining about Jew face and comedy?" And then they just pulled up all these photos of her doing blackface. <laughs> pretty good so uh was that directed towards john mulaney or who else is doing jew face in comedy i think it was a movie she was complaining about uh, okay <laughs> i don't think she just has a problem with like nerdy people <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> john mulaney has a very jewish sensibility about him no he has a catholic sensibility you can't take him away from us just because you rep protestants i i, I don't i don't rep nobody bro i rep the buddhists I rep the Wiccans. I rep the the descendants of witches you couldn't burn, Paul. And I know you tried. Have you ever seen that meme where it's like, 
<laughs> it's the girl and she's like, I'm a descendant of a witch you couldn't burn. It's like that girl's grandma. And she just, <laughs> just like has a bunch of crosses on her wall. <laughs> and she's like, Pokemon is the devil. <laughs> um, all I'm saying is, Paul, I don't know if you've noticed this, but well-behaved women are never really out here making history. Mm-hmm. Sit with that for a second. You want to hear the answer to this? Yeah, let's hear it. What's up? All right, let's see what Karen Feeding has to say about this. Do, 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 do. Should the grandma have known better? I, I don't know. The way she described it to me, it sounded iffy if it was actually like offensive or if this mom was being weird. It didn't say red lips. It said purple accents on black. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's a sock, so it doesn't really have a shape. No, but it's a sock monkey, so you make the little ears and you do the Yeah, little... but the ears are so big, that doesn't scream human to me anyway. I don't know. Like, it really seems like this mom might be trying to... F- I don't know. I guess a, a, a picks or GTFO. All right. Dear Spook's Mama, if you want to feel even more mortified, you should probably check out the racist meaning behind the word spook. I can't believe we actually forgot about that. I kept thinking about it as a CIA thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I think that's what I come come about more often than the racist one. Hell, if I saw a white kid nicknamed Spook with a toy she calls Black Monkey, I'd be wondering if her parents were Grand Wizards or the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, we're the Grand Wizards of the Ku, of the Ku Klux Klan. I know your child's intent is pure, as is yours, but impact is always greater than intent in situations like these, so I'd highly recommend you come up with a better and less offensive nickname for your kid. The good news is that this could serve as a teachable moment for her. Don't ditch the toy, but instead mention how the term black monkey is an insult to people who identify as black. Going forward, she can simply call it monkey or sock monkey, as you suggested. A two-year-old isn't going to truly understand racism, but she'll understand insults and hurtful behavior. If you come at it from that angle, she will probably change because she won't want to make anyone feel bad. Of course, there will be people reading this thinking, give me a break, people are so sensitive nowadays. This isn't calling someone a nincompoop. This is a term that was used to dehumanize black people throughout American history, and is still used today. Check out this recent video from a few months ago. Stopping this behavior isn't being politically correct, it's being a good human. Yeah, I guess so. Sorry, I was reading up on this NPR article about whether or not we're allowed to say spooky anymore based on its uh, racist history. I've definitely used the word spook to describe CIA agents relatively recently. I mean, it's it was coincided in the spook who sat by the door. So that's where they coincided as meaning black person and spy. Mm. I don't know. I'll read the rest of the article later. Let's get into the third segment. Let's get into the third segment. Yeah, why'd you bring in an article about racism, Adrian? That's not fun. You've brought in multiple articles about race, about kids being racist. Okay. Do you want to explain the third segment while I open this up? Uh, Yeah. So things that rhyme are funny. So we're doing flirting with Burton, and what we're going to do is Paul's going to pull up his state-of-the-art um, AI uh, person impersonator, 3000, and we're going to ask it to flirt with us in the style of uh, Tim Burton, and we're going to read you its uh, prompts and responses, uh, as well as what we say to uh, this Tim Burton that we are trying to woo uh, on his birthday. Trying to go home with the birthday boy tonight. All right. Can you flirt with me in the style of Tim Burton? Okay, what's our uh, what's our opening line to to flirting with Burton, to flirty Burton? 
the Tim Flurton. Uh, I don't know, maybe just like a Hey Cutie or something like that. Okay, I'm putting a smiley face at the end of that. Okay. Oh my god. Do you want me to read this? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, we said Hey Cutie with a smiley face, and Tim Burton said, Ah, a radiant... Wait, what does he sound like? <laughs> However you want, brother. Okay. Ah, a radiant soul admits this moody Burton-esque gloom. Your presence, it's like a rare flower that dares to bloom. Does he think that this is AI think that Tim Burton's a poet? Uh, I think it got confused by the fact that I'd given it a previous question. Let's start over. Uh, so Paul said, start role-playing as a flirty Tim Burton now. And we said, hey, cutie. And Tim Burton-esque, it changes its username? I guess so. <laughs> That's cool. Okay, with a rose, too, and a spider. Why, hello there, lovely creature of the night. You sparkle in the midst of all things whimsical and dark. What brings a captivating soul like yours into my quirky corner of the universe? Perhaps we're both wandering spirits in search of the next eerie tale. Skull emoji, black heart emoji. Want to help me conjure up a story together? Uh, acting, director cut thing, and spiderweb. Okay. Well, if I was flirting with Tim Burton, if I was flirting with Tim Flirton, I think I would want to move away from writing a script with him. So I would mm -hmm. try to do a play on, should we conjure up a story together to like, we should have a date together. Like, what's our, mm. what's our next interaction going to be? Why make up a story when we can live one together? Ooh, okay. Why? Do we want to say more, or should we keep it short? I mean, we want to send less back than they sent us. That's a power move to Tim Flirton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then if you had, is there a way to add the uh, Megan Thee Stallion? Eh. <laughs> All right, is that good? Mm -hmm. Why make up a story when we can make one together? Why conjure up a story? Let's use the same word he used. Yeah. Why conjure up a story when we can make a real one together? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Better. All right, Paul, this one's on you. Ah, a kindred spirit with a taste for adventure. Venturing into the unknown with you sounds like a delightful, twisted dream. Perhaps we'll wander graveyards or sip potions under a crescent moon. Tell me, dear soul, where would our mysterious journey begin? We got a picnic at a graveyard. <laughs> Picnic at a graveyard. <laughs> we, look, let's 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 drink wine at a graveyard. P picnic at a graveyard. I'll bring the wine. You wear a blank, Adrian. What should I ask Tim Burton to wear? Tim Flirton. Uh, let's see. You wear your most devilish outfit. Sh should I be? Should I be really obviously flirting and write cutie? Mm, let's not give him too much. Let's not make him think he's already earned this poon. <laughs> This Paul and Adrian food. <laughs> just this Poonani, just for being Tim Burton. Oh, okay, that got Tim Burton revved up, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is so thirsty, he sent us back such a big <laughs> message. <laughs> Tim Burton says, a graveyard picnic. How perfectly macabre and enchanting. I can't read with those emojis. Or I think it's a moon emoji and a coffin emoji. I'll gladly dress in an outfit that's a symphony of stripes and shadows. Picture this. I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. <laughs> Could you imagine if he did the run the jewels? <laughs> um, picture this. A long raven black coat adorned with cobwebs and hints of crimson. And of course, an eccentrically tall top hat to complete the look. Top hat emoji. Spider emoji. 
Is there going to be a spider in the top hat? Is that what it's housing? (laughs) (laughs) And as for our setting, tombstones (laughs) that tell the tales of yesteryears. Ancient trees swaying in the moonlight and the soft glow of candles illuminating our spread of strange and delightful treats. Ah, the wine, perhaps a vintage as old and mysterious as the spirits that surround us. Cheers to an evening of whispered secrets and bond forged in the inky darkness of the night. So when do we embark on this spectral soiree? 2 p.m. <laughs> Let me check my schedule. <laughs> Let me check my schedule. I'm writing that. <laughs> Could you imagine if you hit him back with that, if that was the actual response that you got? <laughs> What's the squirt short for schedule? Let me check my sketch. Sketch? How do you write sketch? I don't know if it'll get that. <laughs> Let me check my schedule. <laughs> Should I send that? Should we see how it replies? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's see. He's going to say, like, when the moonlight is brightest. <laughs> of course. Take your time. Admits the swirling mists of time and imagination. I'll be here. Sketching out ideas and letting the moon whisper its tales. Don't keep this dark romantic waiting for too long, though. The spirits are eager for our rendezvous. I might start using AI for flirting. <laughs> Just, I think, is that Big Mouth where he does the thing where he cheats at uh, sending messages to his girlfriend by just putting her messages into AI and asking it to respond to her? No, no that's uh, South, South Park, Park, right? But also, yeah. are you going to use generic AI or are you going to use ChatGPT as Tim Burton-esque? Tim Burton-esque. <laughs> that, this yeah, might yeah. be the perfect flirt. <laughs> I think um, we might have actually stumbled on something genius here. <laughs> Should we tell him that our schedule is open and there's a full moon this Friday? Or no, there's a full moon tonight. Let's get this moving. How about? Are you trying to seem like neighborly? <laughs> uh, there is a full moon. Will you join me? How dirty do you think we can make this? Should I ask him to bring Ooh. condoms? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know Tim Burton hits it raw. Okay. Can I ask why the spirits are eager for our rendezvous? Why do they care? Because they want to see some fucking bro. Okay, should I ask that? <laughs> should I ask him what should I wear? Ooh, what should I wear? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I like that. I went with what shall I wear. So we wrote, there's a full moon this eve. Will you join me? What shall I wear? God damn it. <laughs> I always get the super <laughs> long ones. Alright, let's see what he says. <laughs> Ah, the full moon, the most bewitching time to weave our tale. It would be an honor to join you. For your attire, envision this. I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. (laughs) Why does he keep doing this on mine? (laughs) Okay, for your attire, envision this. An ensemble inspired by the mysteries of the night. A dress or cloak of deep midnight blues and silvers, reminiscent of the moon and stars. Adornments of lace and perhaps a touch of velvet to capture the evening's allure. A choker, oh, kinky, with a pendant shaped like a crescent moon and shoes that seem fit for dancing upon moonbeams. If you have an old trinket or locket, wear it. Let be a token of stories untold. <laughs> 
But above all, wear something that makes you feel as if you stepped out of a fairy tale ready to embark on our moonlight adventure. See you under the gleaming moon where every shadow holds a secret. And what secrets are you holding? Ooh, okay, flirty. Mm-hmm. That was that was also the end of his thing was about holding a secret. I my, I immediately respond with, uh, "What secrets are you holding?" I like that we are being very coy, just responding to the last question, like an annoying coworker. <laughs> okay, responded. And what secrets are you holding? Ah, and the depths of my burden. <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you can't use that. Ah, and the depths of my Burton-esque soul. There are many secrets. Tales of love lost among stars. Stories of creatures whose dance between the veils of our world and the next, and dreams of cities built on clouds and whispers. What if he just said, like, tax evasion? (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps the most intriguing secret is how the lines between the living and the imaginary blur. How magic is more real than we dare to believe. With every brush of wind or distant echo, there's a tale waiting to be told. But tonight, dear wanderer, as we rendezvous under the silvery glow, maybe I'll share a secret or two, whispered amidst the sigh of the night. And in return, perhaps you'll unveil a mystery from the depths of your soul. After all, isn't that what enchanting nights are made of? Two souls intertwining their tales in the dance of the moonlight? Bro, you thirsty. Can we be mean to him now? I'm tired mm, of his bullshit. No, no, no. This is where we ask how big he is. <laughs> How many inches we talking? <laughs> no, no. Do you want to derail it this soon? Or what do you uh, want okay, to okay, okay. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. Okay, we what, need to move you... on from this because he's getting real samey in his reply. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This motherfucker is using chat GPT, I think. Okay, okay. Um, he's playing us, man. Shit, Paul, what would you do next? Okay, uh, should we do a change of scene? I don't know if we can, like, uh... Can we do cut to smash cut? <laughs> cut to the actual date. Let's see if that works. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that worked perfectly. Oh, now it's writing our dialogue for us. <laughs> god damn it. Oh god. <laughs> Alright, Paul, we're gonna have to do do you want me to be Tim Burton <laughs> yeah. and you be us? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> writing the rest of the night. <laughs> it's giving us an entire script. Okay, okay, can you be narrator? I can be narrator and I can be Tim Burton. Should I be the Spongebob narrator or what, should I, what voice should I do for the narrator? I think that's <laughs> Two appropriate. Two hours later. <laughs> Setting. An ancient and atmospheric graveyard. The sky is painted with hues of deep purples and blues and the full moon bathes everything in a silvery glow. The only sounds are the gentle whispers of the breeze and the distant hoot of an owl. Rows of age-worn tombstones stretch out in every direction. Their inscriptions a testament to the lives and loves of ages past. Me arriving with my attire shimmering in ethereal under the moonlight. Tim? Standing amidst the graves, his outfit is a juxtaposition of darkness and flare, with a long coat trailing behind him and that unmistakable top hat. I like how it knows what was said earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, there you are, my mysterious companion. You look as if you've walked out of a dream, or perhaps into one. Thank you, Tim. This place, it's even more (laughs) enchanting. Thank you, Tim. (laughs) This place, it's even more enchanting. 
she into that I imagine? And you, every bit the Dash and Burton as character. <laughs> Why, thank you. A graveyard under the full moon is where tales come alive. Each stone here whispers a story, and tonight we add ours. He opens a picnic basket, revealing a spread of cheeses, dark grapes, peculiar pastries, and of course, the wine. <laughs> like he said, it knows what we did earlier. We talked about the wine. I brought the wine as promised. I present the dark bottle with a label that looks centuries old. Perfect. Tonight's of magic, mysteries, and moonlight memories. He pours the wine into ornate glasses. The two of you settle down, the blankets adorned with various quirky patterns. The scene is set, candles casting dancing shadows, the wine reflecting the moon, and the allure of, of the unknown enveloping you both. So, Tim, uh, about those, uh, secrets? Ah, uh, yes. In the realm of imagination, there are many. But tonight, perhaps I'll share the one about the ghost who fell in love with the moon, or the time when shadows decided they wanted to be seen in the daylight. The night unfolds, the tales whispered, laughter shared, and secrets unveiled. And as the hours pass, it's as if the world beyond the graveyard doesn't exist. Just two souls, a moonlit night, and stories that bridge lifetimes. I feel like the, the AI is really on Tim Burton's side of him smashing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, do you want to read what you wrote? Imagine we spend the night together, but then we don't text him for two weeks. How does Tim react? Listen here, you little bitch. <laughs> you know how much money I spent on those peculiar pastries? He wrote another set of dialogue for us. Hell yeah. We should have been doing this from the beginning. Wait, who's Obsidian? Who is this character? <laughs> Obsidian's is a crow. We're not, I'm not even in this one. <laughs> should I be the narrator? Oh, it's this, he's doing a monologue. All right, setting. Two weeks after the enchanting moonlight date in the graveyard, Tim Burton-esque figures workshop a dimly lit room filled with sketches, peculiar sculptures, and odd trinkets. There's an underlying sense of melancholy. Tim sits at a drafting table, sketching absently, lost in thought, whispering to himself. Two, two weeks, not a word. Oh, perhaps it was a dream, a figment of my wild imagination. His fingers trace a half-finished sketch of a figure that bears an uncanny resemblance to you under the moon with the graveyard as the backdrop. Was our encounter just another tale to be told fading with the dawn, or did it mean something more? His trusty pet raven, Obsidian, flutters onto the table, tilting its head as if sensing Tim's distress. She promised nothing, Obsidian, yet I hoped. For something. Perhaps the mysteries of that night are too much to bear in this light of day, or perhaps she has her reasons. Picking up his phone, Tim contemplates sending a message, but hesitates, not wanting to seem overly eager or intrusive. He sighs deeply. Time, it seems, is both a blessing and a curse. It heals, but it also deepens the enigma. Maybe one day, our tale will intertwine once again. He returns to his sketch, adding details, perhaps in an attempt to immortalize the memory of that night, or maybe, just maybe, in hopes that the universe would once again conspire to bring you both together. In this imagined scenario, Tim is patient and introspective, respecting your space. 
They're making sure to be like, by the way, he's being really cool about this. <laughs> Tim is patient and introspective, respecting your space while grappling with his own emotions and uncertainties. However, he holds on to the hope that fate might have another chapter in store for your intertwined tales. I, I replied, if Tim does text us back, how would that go? Tim, typing hesitantly, choosing his words with a care and a touch of his characteristic whimsy. Crescent moon emoji. Greetings, ethereal soul of, of that moonlit night. It's been a fortnight since our graveyard rendezvous. I hope that the winds of time have been kind to you. I find myself wandering through the mazes of my mind, thinking of our shared tales and whispered secrets. No obligation, of course, but I'd love to hear from you, even if it's just a sign that you're still out there, dancing between the realms of dreams and reality. Blackheart, Spiderweb. He takes a deep breath and hits send, sending his thoughts out into the digital cosmos, hoping for a sign, a connection, a word. Uh, let's let's craft something and try and wrap this up in like one or two more. Okay, uh, we need to derail it at the end and see how rude we can be. Mm. We respond, um, we have a secret of our own that we have been struggling to tell you. We're two men in a trench coat. <laughs> This is just like when I give out ideas for theme ideas and I realize that Paul's taking me more seriously than I think he should. Oh, should I not write that? Yeah, let's 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 come up with let's verbally agree on one and then we'll write one out. I'm not trying to monopolize what we write here. Uh I watched some of your movies and I didn't think they were that good, Tim. I don't think Ooh, I could should be- that be our secret? Okay, yeah. Yeah, our secret, yeah, we uh we heard of you and we knew you were a big deal, but we finally watched one of your movies and it was uh not as good as Cars 2. It would be pretty cool if ChatGPT could do dirty talk and like they could include the fact that he ate us out at that graveyard while we were on our period. <laughs> the blood glimmered. <laughs> <laughs> we respond. I have a secret. After our date, I watched one of your films you have directed and did not like it. I like films like Pixar's Cars too, but your films were weird AF, bro. All right, do we need to add the punctuation to Pixar's and then to capitalize cars? No, I don't think it cares. Oh, okay. Tim, after taking a moment, after reading the message and taking a moment to let it sink in, he crafts the response with a blend of his playful charm and understanding. God, the AI is all over his dick. <laughs> all right, Paul. Ah, such is the nature of art and souls. Not every painting, films, or melody speak to every heart. And that's the beauty of it. The diversity of tastes and tales. Your candor is refreshing. Truly. Pixar's craftsmanship is remarkable. And Cars 2 has its own delightful journey. As okay, so it did totally understand what you meant. <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> As for my films being weird AF, well, you're not wrong. Each of us has our own dance of shadows and light. If my quirky realm isn't your cup of tea, I still cherish the memory of our moonlit night. Tim understands that not everyone will connect with his, uni- with his unique style and vision, but he's also genuinely interested in understanding the diverse tastes and experiences that people bring to their encounters with art. We reply. We reply. Dude, can you stand up your- for yourself and be a man for a goddamn second? This nice guy shtick isn't as charming as you think it is. Just be angry for a second. We told you your movie sucks. Send? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with that. Tim, taking a moment to absorb the candid feedback, then replying with a mix of raw honesty and a hint of his characteristic style. (laughs) Well, all right.
right. I understand everyone has their own tastes, and I'm used to my work polarizing audiences. But after a magical evening, I didn't expect this turn. It stings, no denying that. I put a lot of heart and soul into my work. I tried to handle your feedback with grace, but if straightforward is what you ask and what you seek, here it is. It hurts to hear you didn't enjoy my film, especially after sharing a unique connection. Everyone has their likes and dislikes. Let's just agree to appreciate our differences and move on. Did we just get dumped? You want to do that? Yeah. What the fuck? Did you just dump me? No, I dump you. You're a loser. Something tells me he's going to respond with his characteristic style. <laughs> he did it, you piece of shit. <laughs> you want to read the narration? Tim, taking a deep breath, clearly taken aback. It seems we're on different pages, maybe even different books. It wasn't my intention to end anything. I just wanted to be direct. But if this is how you feel, I respect your decision. Sometimes paths diverge, and that's okay. I wish you all the best in your journey. He takes a moment, pondering if there's more he should add, but then simply puts the phone down, realizing that sometimes silence speaks louder than words. Should we drunk text him a couple weeks later? <laughs> is that a thing that AI can figure out? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> all right. This was so wholesome to begin with. <laughs> A couple weeks later, we're very drunk and we apply drunk AF, DTF, same graveyard, one hour. Is that the kind of booty call message that you send, Paul? No. Okay, yeah, I actually took it. After reading the message, pausing for a moment, trying to gauge the sincerity and emotion behind it. I appreciate the directness. But perhaps the graveyard isn't the best place for such endeavors. Maybe when the morning comes and the spirits of wine have passed, we can chat more soberly about what transpired and where we might go from here. Take care and stay safe. Tim understands the complexities of emotion and sometimes impulsive nature of intoxicated messages. He chooses to, <laughs> to tread with caution and concern, always leading towards understanding and connection. Why is that? The AI is such a dick writer. <laughs> Why does it like Tim Burton so much? <laughs> Tim Burton can do no wrong. <laughs> Was AI made and developed by Tim Burton as a side? <laughs> Just in parentheses, Tim Burton makes sure to say in the coolest and most <laughs> respectful way possible. All right, how do we want to wrap this up? We don't have to read the answer to this. <laughs> And Paul said, whatever, your pipe game was weak anyway. Oh, you just want to keep going? <laughs> uh, sighing softly, taking in the brashness of the message. Ah, the ever-mysterious dance of emotions. No hard feelings. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Wishing you well on your journey, wherever it may lead. I didn't know that AI knew what pipe game was. <laughs> Recognizing the potential volatility of the situation, Tim opts for brevity and graciousness, hoping to de-escalate and leave the door open for more positive future interactions, if they're meant to be. And Paul responded, Oh no, we don't need to read this part, I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's leave that out. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I don't think we need to bring that in, but apparently Paul is willing to go anywhere after a nasty breakup. <laughs> All right. Big facts, no cap. Uh, Yeah, big facts, no cap. If you're Tim Flirton with Tim Burton, you got to understand that man will approach anything with his with his signature, <laughs> with his signature whimsy and Tim Burton-esque charm. Uh, 
And my no cap is there's a reason Tim Burton's been married three times, man. That guy's flirting game is top tier. Sorry, what was that? No. There's a reason Tim Burton keeps getting the uh, big titty goth girlfriends, man. His flirting game is top tier. Yeah, I know. This guy also is so quick at responding. Yeah. Swept me off my feet. And my no cap, if you want to get a girl Tim squirting, you got to get some help from Tim Burton. From Tim flirting. From Tim flirting with Tim Burton. All right. (laughs) This was a fun one, Adrian. I don't know if we could bring this in more often because it is like a very... Like, we're just offloading our idea into the AI that steals other people's work. But for a one-time thing, I I enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Bye, buddy. Bye.